Hello and welcome to Philly and the Over, a brand new Philadelphia-based sports gambling podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe Simonera. I'm joined by Shane Curran. Shane, tell us what's on tap for today. The Shane Train in NFL Week 15. All right, time to cash in. All right, Shane, before we jump in here, I actually have a... uh, a little bit of a confession to make to you is I'm not going to have my my fastball today. I don't think because uh, I do have one pretty pretty serious addiction in my life, and it's crept back in. And I think you might know what it is. Uh, it's a particular television program. Drinking, I, gambling? No, 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 no. This is <laughs> this is a real one, and it's embarrassing. Uh, there's a particular television show that I used to watch uh, quite a bit. The OC. Uh, the OC. I am back in. I watched the first season in, oh, I don't know, two days. I'm staying up till two o'clock in the morning watching the OC. It, it's This is not a joke at all. I am into this show. I was watching it right before we hopped on here. I, I literally can't stop watching it. It, it. It's the worst thing ever put on television, and I can't look away. It's just, it's just great. I, I still remember walking in after work and just hearing that theme oh. song start up for, uh, I don't know, three straight months. So it, it was hugely popular when we were in high school, but I didn't watch it in high school. I, I only started watching it afterwards. So now I'm a 33-year-old man watching it. And it is it, it's weird though, because as I get older, the show looks so much just it looks so much different. But uh, but yeah, so so for that reason, I really didn't prepare much of a Shane train this week, but I do have three topics I think are worth uh touching on in the in the sports landscape. And and the first one is Philly related. Um so Joe Lenardi, Joey Brackett uh, came out with his first uh, field of 68, I guess it is, in the NCAA tournament, and not one Philly school, not one school in the City Six, as of now, does he have making the NCAA tournament. How bad would this be for Philadelphia college basketball if you can't get anyone in? It's not a good look. I think, uh, you know, unfortunately, the past and we talked about this a little bit, uh, you know, I think it was last week or two weeks ago mm-hmm. that um, when we, we were talking about trying to bring something back to the pleasure, right, some sort of tournament to really showcase the, the, the Philadelphia schools. And we haven't really had two competitive teams at the same time yeah. in 20 years. Um, so it's uh you know, Villanova is off to you know, that's a team that has been this the staple for the past uh, decade or so under Jay Wright. Uh, and, you know, Cam Whitmore, their top player, a freshman, uh, was injured early in the year. So he hasn't been playing. That obviously has something to do with Villanova slipping down the rankings. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think it would be. Uh, unfortunate because Philadelphia is such a basketball city yeah, to to not have that sort of energy coming up, uh, you know, in the in the March uh, March games. Yeah, and I mean you can rule out St. Joe's has no shot, LaSalle has no shot, Drexel has no shot. Um, I, I would I would I would say Temple really probably doesn't have a shot. They just lost one of their bigs for like six weeks, so they're, they're going to be injured, and that's going to be tough. Uh, Penn has a chance to win the Ivy. Um, I think they are one of the better teams in the Ivy. I mean. I've seen Princeton play a couple times, including in person, and they look really good. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, the Ivy's always tough, so Penn gives you an opportunity. I think that Nova is a team with with Whitmore back. They're going to play a really tough schedule. They have to start winning games. They have to start stringing together wins, and you know, actually the winnable games. The ones yeah. that, well, like that's, I see that's the box them already yeah. sometimes, and you know, you, just teams that. Uh, it shouldn't be close against, and, and yeah. you know they're either that, slowly pulling it out or, or, or straight up losing. And these early games are going to end up hurting Villanova in the long run. So this is this is a developing story that we need to kind of keep an eye on because it would be really bad if we could not get one Philadelphia City Six team 
in the NCAA tournament. That would well, be the, not- the good thing with Villanova is the storyline. Everyone loves mm-hmm. a great storyline, and sometimes you can frame a storyline. You, you even saw Nick Saban trying to do it to try and get uh, Al Batman. What was it? And how, how, bad, how bad was that? It was awful. I mean, but weird. But he was trying. You know what I mean? Like you can try and frame a story using specific data points to tell your version of of what you think should happen. And I think Villanova might be able to do that by saying, "Hey, we have a brand new head coach early in the year. We didn't have our best player, and yeah. if they can pull off, you know, a few big wins toward the end of the year, they can say we're getting it together now, and we should. Right now, we're one of the top twenty five teams, or one of the top sixty four teams to to make it in." Every year there is like a one team that kind of gets in as like an 11 seed or something that is in a power five conference yeah. that just plays a brutal schedule. And it's like 18 and 16 at the end of yep. the year, but they still, you know, one of those type teams. This possibly could be for, for Nova, but they really have to string together some wins. I, I think not playing Chris Archdiakono 38 minutes every game would, would be a <laughs> would be a good start, but um, it doesn't look like they're getting away from that. So, uh, but yeah, you're right though. With Whitmore back, they have, they have looked, looked better. And they have like, Nova has, five really good players at least maybe six so they they should on town alone win some games but they just haven't pulled it together yet so that'll be something to watch uh for 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 this entire season really all right next we're, we're going to go a national story and then kind of back to a local one but our national story is sad news uh mike leach the head coach at mississippi state uh kind of a just a wild card college football coach who uh, more or less invented the air raid offense, which a lot of teams use or use elements of these days. Uh, he died pretty suddenly, uh, at least to to uh, onlookers uh, at 61 years old. Shane, do you have any any thoughts on on Mike Leach? Or I mean, he didn't really cross. It's weird because he didn't cross over into the Big Ten. Like he was always kind of. You know, he's in Texas, then Washington State, or Texas Tech, Washington State, and then Mississippi State. So we never really, like, he was never really on our radar being in the Northeast and Penn State fans. But uh, any, any thoughts on him? So he wasn't, but we both knew who he was, right? And there's a reason for that. One, yeah. he was a great football coach. He um, he was a great football coach. The other is, he's probably the best coach. Uh, coaching interview that i've seen and you know i think it really comes back to like some of the foolish i'd say type of conversations that he's willing to have a lot of coaches just don't want to say anything stupid and really put themselves out there so they give those those bland answers and i still remember him having like specifically remember the conversation he had about halloween candy yeah and like it was just like a a feel good like i I can't even say story because it was only a two-minute conversation but just like yeah i don't know an honest answer for once and uh i don't know it, it made me uh it made me tune into uh to some of the other stuff he was doing so um yeah it seems like uh he's gonna be a, a loss definitely for college football I, i've been thinking about those interviews and they've been circling on on the internet you know ever since it was kind of came out that he was he was sick and um when you get those questions i feel like there's only one of two ways to go you get the question about, hey, what's your favorite Halloween candy coach? And you get Nick Saban, who says, like, I don't care. I'm focused on football. You get James Franklin, who will, like, give you the one answer and kind of make it like he's like a personable guy. But everything is, hey, somebody's going to see this somewhere. And I want to look cool when I'm when I'm doing it for a recruit. Do you think Mike Leach was just annoyed by the question? So that's why he gives a 40 minute answer to it. Like a lot of times, like they were asking about the mascots in the Pac-12 and he gave like just a breakdown of every mascot and like, well, is USC is a Trojan going to be on the horse or on foot? Does it have a sword or just a bow and arrow? Like, do you think that he was annoyed with them or do you think that's just sincere and that's just how the guy is? It's such a funny, I think like, he was, honestly, I think he was making the best out of a, I won't say a bad situation, but yeah, a situation like they didn't want right. to be, be in, right? So definitely didn't want to be there answering that type of question. He had better things to do. And yeah, I just see that as trying to make the best of a, a situation. 
guy who did not play college football, played rugby in college, just sort of got into coaching, coaching like an offensive line at, you know, middle of nowhere and uh, eventually, you know, invents an offense, which is, which is incredible. Um, and yeah, he will be missed. I, I couldn't believe he was only 61 years old, but um, yeah, it's, that's definitely a, uh, that's definitely a, a, a blow to the college football world. And like you said, we know who he was, although he really never kind of came into our orbit in college football, just because he's such a big personality um, and such an important part of college football. So just as a fan, it's a, it is a, it is a tough loss. All right. Moving on to the NFL, uh, Shane, I'm sure by now you've heard the Michael Parsons uh, comments that, that he made on, I think he was on somebody's podcast and he said, uh, Von Miller, Von, Oh, it was Von Miller. Okay. Yep. He's on Von Miller's podcast. And he says uh, basically that he thinks that the Eagles are the, the system of the Philadelphia Eagles is these are not his words, but what he was trying to get across or, or what it's getting spun into it's not Jalen Hurts being so good. It's that he's in the right system. Now, this got taken by the Philly media to be Jalen Hurts sucks, and it's all about the system. And then it gets kind of spun by the national media of like, oh, like Michael Parsons you know, saying this, and this is what he did against those Philadelphia Eagles. So maybe, you know, he has a point that they, the system, the scheme's really good. Uh, what is your take on that, on that whole situation? Do you, do you, do you, I mean, yeah, what's your take? <laughs> I have two takes on this. Okay. The first is I don't think he's wrong. Like I, I think Hertz is playing very well. Right. But I also think that the Eagles have the best offensive line in football. I think uh having the best offensive line in football allows them to run the ball, which also then allows uh makes Hertz's job a little bit easier. And Hertz is taking advantage of the situation that he's in. Now, would I consider him the best quarterback in the league? I mean, you put Josh Allen in that offense. Patrick Mahomes, like those guys are going to perform the same way that, that hurts is, if not better. So I think hurts is taking uh taking advantage of the situation. I think, um, I, I don't think any of his comments were, I don't know, ill, ill mannered, I guess. Um, the second thing about this is I actually love the fact that he's willing to go out there and sort of criticize another player. I feel like we don't get no, this he, as much. He really speaks his mind. Yeah. Us, yeah. So it, it's, I mean, at some point it's probably going to get him in trouble. Right. But yeah. at least it's starting to, yeah, it's starting to form another rivalry. Like yeah, the Cowboys and Eagles yep. Yep. have been competitive since, since like everyone gets up for those games. And I think this just adds to it and being such a young player and hurts being such a young player, this could really turn into something for the next decade that could make these games even, even more important. Yeah, no, I mean, the Eagles-Cowboys rivalry, it, it seemed like it was a bigger deal when we were, you know, young kids, like mm -hmm. in the early 90s, maybe like late 80s. And, and like you said, both teams have been competitive, sometimes at the same time. Sometimes one team's been down, one team's been, been up. But, I mean, the rivalry, I feel like, is is almost getting reignited with 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 this. Yeah, but, I, I mean, it. I am like, and and this is, we're going to get to this when I make my picks, but I'm like very excited for this Christmas Eve game. This is one of the one of the most excited I've been for the Eagles regular season game in a long time. There's um, so much riding on it too. Yeah, the, the the one thing that you know Parsons um could have could have said or could have I mean he was on the podcast then and they were talking about it, but maybe hold those comments left to play the Eagles again and see what happens because the thing he left out was well the Eagles have the best right tackle in all of football and he completely shut me down the first time we played in lane johnson did you see the stat with lane johnson he has not allowed a sack in 26 straight games Is that what it was Over two years yeah it's a record it's incredible he's he's been oh man and i was actually i was so i was in the car um last week uh <laughs> merrill reese i i i, I it's, it's over like I, I don't like the guy anymore i mean 
I know that he's like this Philly legend, but he's just bad at his job at this point. So is Mike Quick, and so is Howard Eskin. I'm in the car driving, and they're reporting that Lane Johnson's in the tent with a knee injury and not returning. So, so I get to the house I'm watching the second half at, and the person's like, uh, yeah, it was like an abdominal thing. He's on the sideline. I was like, well, Mike Merrill and, and Howard Eskin are reporting that it was a knee injury and he's not returning. Like, and then after the game, John's like, yeah, I would have came back in if it was, wasn't a blowout. So, but if like when that guy goes down, that, that almost, that would almost be worse than, you know, uh, anyone on the team going down. Cause he's just been so good. And, and man, Parsons is a, probably the best edge rusher in the NFL, but, but Lane Johnson can go with him step for step and the Eagles might do what they did last time to play the Cowboys and just put everything right at him and just make them decide which way he's going to go every, every single play basically. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I do like that, that Parsons uh, is able to speak his mind and, uh, um, well, it's, I, a, it's I do... a second cowboy. I mean, in the first matchup, if you remember, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, I think it is right. He he came out and said that the same thing about Hertz. He said that Hertz is overrated, and mm-hmm. we're going to shut him down. And it it simply didn't happen. So yeah, um, I don't know. They must see something on film that 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 shows them that they can stop this guy. But it might just be one of those situations where they're focused more on one guy than than the whole team because. It, it truly is not a one. It's not like Hertz is carrying them uh, the way that you've seen other quarterbacks right. in the past, like you know Brady carry teams that that aren't that talented, or you know even Aaron Rodgers carry teams that aren't that talented. The Eagles are very talented around him. It's it's. Um, I don't think it's an insult to Hertz to say that he's not doing this by himself. Uh, no. I, I don't yeah. think that's that's true. Yeah. Anyway. I, I think that that was kind of his point, but it gets spawn and. Uh, but that that brings me to another question. Uh, a couple weeks ago, you said that you don't think the Eagles would re-sign Miles Sanders. What do you think now? No way. Really? Still? Yeah. Yep. So so this is just well, you know what I saw? I saw a mock draft with or whatever they're going to have the thirty first pick, I think, as of now. Uh, Bijan Robinson out of out of Texas. Have you seen that guy back. play? Yeah, very good player. If yeah. we can get him in in the well, I'd love to wait till you know the second round, but yeah, right. uh, for a running back, but. You know, it would be have that we have, first pick. we have that high first pick, and we'll get into that a little bit later. I think they should yeah. actually trade that pick back, get some more assets, uh, maybe but restock I, for next year as well. We, we got to see where that falls, but I, I could get on board with that for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because we play the Saints what week seventeen? That game's actually yeah. extremely meaningful. Yeah, it's right. a very important game. Absolutely. All right. Well, we might as well get right into our our picks. And while we're on the NFL, uh, there is a game going on right now. Niners Seahawks. Niners currently lead seven to three with a couple seconds left in the second quarter. Uh, but this week we have a treat. We got some Saturday games. Actually, a triple header on Saturday, which uh, which which I am definitely excited for. Yeah, me too. I think um, you know if we look at what's coming up, there's right now I have four winning Sundays in a row. And you were four and, and one last week, right? I was. That was a Ooh. big week. That was an easy week, too. All of the games covered by at least seven points. Yeah, yeah. And that's covered by, not just not just one by. So, um, yeah. We split, uh, our, we split our head-to-heads. I didn't lose them both. We so did. That's, we uh, did, that, yeah. That is important uh, to so note. So, four winning Sundays in a row, six of the last seven winning Sundays, and nine yep. of 14 winning Sundays on the season. So, yeah. uh, doing pretty well here. Let's keep it rolling. Let's see if you have a play in the first game. Uh, we got Colts at Vikings. The Vikings are minus four at home. This is on Saturday, 1 o'clock. Uh, so I right now only have four locks and I'm, I'm curious as we dive in, this was one of the games. There's actually a lot of games. I like now, like a lot of underdogs this week. Uh, when this line first came out, I was about to hop on the Vikings because I think the Vikings at this point have been looked at as an overvalued team, uh, throughout the entire season. Right. And 
they are a good team though. So at some point they're going to have a statement win mm-hmm. and, or just like a, a game that they should win, like something like this. And it's going to happen. I'm not sure if this is the one, I think this is going to be a pass for me. Yeah. It's a pass for me as well. I, 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 I mean, it, it is tempting to get on the Vikings, but cause I just, I really don't trust the Colts to, to cover anything, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to sit it out. You know, I consider this one of those like weird Kirk cousins is only good at like one o'clock on Sunday. This is an, a weird day to play an NFL game. So I'm going to stay away from that uh, game two. I do have a play in though. We have the Ravens at the Browns. The Browns are minus three at home. Chain of play. I do. I'm on the Ravens. Me too. Me too. Yep. Uh, and, and I should mention right now, the Ravens plus three, that is used to 120. Um, I'm seeing. So you got to lay a little extra, but the Browns aren't good. <laughs> like it's a real yeah. fishy line. Yeah. And, and, and Lamar Jackson's not playing. I get that. But yeah, Huntley's so he's not playing. Huntley said uh, he had a concussion, but they said he is good to go, which is great news, right? I'd rather have Huntley playing than Deshaun Watson at this point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> like, he I, hasn't I played in 700 mean, days, and you can tell yeah. that he hasn't like it's not run. just something you can just step into and and uh be be, be good at again it's the, what do the, they th- what yeah. do they think like wh- he's gonna snap snap into focus against the ravens is this did he have a home game last week uh, i know they played uh cincinnati i, I forget i know the first uh, game was at houston i um, think that but, was at home if i am not mistaken uh, so it's Kevin Stefanski is nine and seventeen against the spread as a favorite, and he is one and seven against the spread as a division favorite. On the contrary, John Harbaugh is seventeen seven and one against the spread as a division dog. So I think coaching is going to be a, a huge discrepancy in this game, and I think it you know it's going to come down to both teams trying to run the ball. The Browns were doing a great job of running the ball early in the year, and they sort of got away from that. And I think they're going to try and try and establish that again. But no. you know the Ravens are going to run the ball because they don't have anyone to pass to. So uh, the other thing that I saw in this game, and this has no factor into why I'm picking the Ravens, but the Ravens have won 24 of the last 29 games against the Browns. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Wow! It's a lot. Good lord! All right, breaking news: Flyers win two one over the Devils. Great win for the Flyboys. All right. Uh, our our Saturday night uh, uh, nightcap game, Dolphins at Bills. The Bills are minus seven at home. I have a play on this game, Shane. Do you? I do not. What do you got? Bills minus seven. This has nothing to do with anything other than the fact that Mike McDaniel wore that stupid T-shirt at practice, and I literally can't stand the guy. Well, what's the T-shirt? Uh, it said, I wish I were colder, because everyone's saying the Dolphins would be able to mm. play when it's zero degrees and snowing and a total mess. Uh I don't know. I wonder what the stats are on that. I mean, there has to be something behind. Well, that. I wonder We're, if two is. Do you know if two has ever played in like weather like yeah, this? that kind of stuff? I mean, you because wouldn't think he ever did. Hawaiian the quarterback from Hawaii, yeah, yeah to Florida, so, Alabama, Florida. Any big game he played would have in college would have been in a dome. Yeah, he's probably had some nasty weather, but at some point, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just I don't know why you're poking the bear. Like, why are you, why are you doing this to? team that has Josh Allen as a quarterback. Um, so I think, I think the bills win this game and I think this could be a big statement win for the bills. Um, they like they've had sort of a, I don't know, kind of a weird season where like there was a point in the season where it was just like, all right, the bills are in the super bowl representing the AFC. Let's see who comes out of the NFC. And it's not quite that anymore, but I think we might be getting back to that a little bit. So I'm going to go with the bills minus seven there. All right, moving into Sunday, we'll start with the birds. Uh, Eagles are minus nine. At home versus the Bears. Oh, I'm sorry, on the road at there Chicago, uh, playing the Bears. Shane, do you have a play? I don't have a play. I oh. was 
I'm, I'm close to lean toward the bears in this oh, one. Oh, I, I, I leaned right over into the bears. Uh, trap you, you think it's a, a look, trap a look. Game. Yeah. It's a look ahead, now, right now. Cause yeah, you win that, you win that Cowboys 100%. game and it's, it's two wins pretty much. Right. Because Correct. you already have a game up on, uh, the head to head with, yeah. uh, the Vikings who were two games ahead of at this point. And if we win that game against Dallas, they can't catch us. So, and, and listen, I mean, the bears don't have basically any wide receivers. It's going to be Amon Ross St. Brown's brothers, like their best wide receiver in this game. Um, so they're definitely hurting, but I think this could be a game where, um, you know, the Eagles aren't going to, you know, if it's, if it's remotely close and I don't think the Eagles are taking their foot off the gas whatsoever, but this could definitely be a game where, uh, you know, maybe on a typical day you have, you know, you have, I don't, I don't know. You have Hassan, Hassan Raddick plays 75% of the snaps. He might play 70% of the snaps, this yeah. game. just the little bits of rest for guys. You have to, I mean, there's like everyone is just talking about this Cowboys game. Like this game is so overlooked. Yeah. I, I just think it's such a trap. Um, and you know, the Eagles have been dominant the last three weeks. And, and I think that, you know, they're, they're, they're humans. So I'm going to go I, with I like the Bears. What you're saying. Uh, you may nine. have convinced me to, to lock this up in my last fifth, but we'll fifth? come back to it. All we'll right. Come back to it. Well, I've already given three and I'm, uh, I'm going to be pretty boring for the next like 10 games here. So next game, Cowboys at Jags, the Jags are plus four at home. This was the first game I bet. I got a four and a half as soon as it came out. And uh, everything that's happened since then has has really made it. For, honestly, just copy and paste the answer you just gave. Yeah, about it's the same Eagles. logic. Yeah. It's the same exact logic there. I mean, Parsons, he's talented enough to go out there and still play, right? But he's clearly not thinking about this game. No, no. He, he's looking ahead. And yeah. I can't blame him. I think... Um, you know, next week is is the game that that really matters. This uh, for both these teams are they're teams that they should beat. But the Jaguars are starting to play pretty well on offense, so um, I'm gonna just take the points there and and hope for the best. Yeah, the other thing no one's talking about is the Cowboys almost lost to the Texans last week. Like, I think the Eagles have have shown, and it would be really difficult to make an argument that the Cowboys are as good as the Eagles. Well, the Eagles almost lost, lost to the Texans too. Well, that was that was earlier. That was like a Thursday night in the third week of the season or whatever that was that was a garbage game all right speaking of those houston texans they are plus 14 at home versus the kansas city chiefs i was really close to just taking this number and ignoring the the team names and just taking the number yeah. i did that the past two weeks last week with the texans it it was it benefited me the week before i had the colts against uh dallas and that was that was that was hurtful it, it really hurt that game so yeah. um the, the one thing when i was looking at this game like can you remember the last time the chiefs blew someone out no like but... i can remember the eagles like san fran yeah um the bills like i can remember when other teams have have had blowouts but i i, I can't name the last time a chiefs chiefs team has blown yeah, someone out tend to make dumb mistakes so that they kind of prevent them from blowing teams out like they'll, they'll have comfortable leads but yeah, they never yeah really they're, like... they're always winning but they yeah yeah, yeah um, it's, so, it is, that is weird yeah i don't know I, I might have some money on this game but i'm not gonna lock it up all right uh detroit lions killed me last week uh at the new york jets the jets are minus one and a half at home uh everyone knows the lions are uh much better at home than on the road they gotta they gotta go to the meadowlands take on the jets shane do you have a play oh i do but uh this line has moved so when i made the the notes i had the jets at plus one um, but I'll I'll still take them at at minus one and a half. Minus one uh, and a half. I think. Um, wow, I'm surprised it moved that much. But I guess that's uh, that's beneficial for me. Oh yeah. Uh, the in terms of uh, you know some sharp action on it, not the the line itself. But it comes down to golf on the road. Like he's very comfortable playing in warm weather and playing indoors. And you know 
we we had this with the Patriots game earlier in the year as well. When he goes out to uh, a cold environment, uh, he's just not as good. He doesn't put up as many points. This is actually the closest game of all the games uh, happening this this week in terms of the the money that's being spread around. So yeah. Detroit is getting forty eight percent of the bets and forty six percent of the money. So it's really only a two percent differential, which is the closest that I think I've, I've seen all year. Um, that being said, I think the Jets defense is, is just legit. Wilson, uh, the wide receiver for the Jets is playing incredible at this point. Yeah, I don't know great. if you've seen that guy, but that guy yep. is exciting to watch. He's yep. got some quick feet. Uh, so I'm going with the Jets in this one. All right, lock it up. All right. Steelers or Panthers. I looked, I looked at this one. I'm ultimately not making a play. The Panthers are minus three at home favorites at home, Carolina Panthers or the Steelers. Yeah. Move on. All right. Yeah, I got nothing. I I don't know what to make of that. I really I really don't. All right. Falcons at Saints. The Saints are minus four at home. I I, I don't think I've ever bet a Falcon Saints game just because there's something like weird about it to yeah. me. Just like I, I don't know, weird NFC South nonsense. I just I have no yeah, I just don't yeah, I don't, I don't bet it. I just if have I'm no to idea. Bet this one, um I still need to lock one up. I, I'm I was leaning toward the Falcons in this one, plus four and a half. So it's Ritter's first start, and he's starting on the road, which obviously is not yeah. good. I don't I don't like taking quarterbacks on the road. That's probably why I'm staying away from this one, at least from locking it up. But the only thing that really came to mind is he did have two weeks to prepare for one team. So they are really focused on a game plan that's going to help him beat a Saints team that they already played, right? So uh, that's the only thing that really came to mind. But I'm 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 going to stay away from this and not lock it up. All right. Man, I this is this was I was really close to playing this one, but ultimately like two more games a little bit better. Uh Patriots at Raiders. The Raiders are minus one and a half at home. So I like the Raiders in this game. Me too. Are you locking it up? I don't know. I was yet. I was tempted to. I don't think we got I'm so like close to it. It it really comes down to like that loss last week just um I, I think the Raiders are the better team, but I'm I'm living a little bit in the past with with them not being able to close it out. That's demoralizing. They're not quite out of the playoffs yet, but that that was not that was not a good uh, game. And I think that's killer. a little, little Just demoralizing. A killer. Yeah. So um, for now, stay away. McDaniel's is one no against uh, Belichick and his okay. uh, head coaching career. All right. Cardinals at Broncos. The Broncos are minus three at home. Obviously, no Kyler Murray. This is probably the worst game in the history of of the NFL. I don't. Yeah, I, this, this should be blacked I, out in local markets. Even I'm just I'm I'm done with Denver. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Nothing. Nothing. No. No sense there. Can't get a read on. All right. Here's the team I'm not done with. So we got the Bengals at the Bucks. The Bucks are plus three and a half at home. I am taking the Bengals minus three and a half. Not overthinking it. Lock it up. One team's playing really well. The other team's not. Lock it up for me too. It's it's Barrow's time. Second half yeah. of the year, Barrow is crushing it. I want. I've been on this for the past two weeks, I think. But last year he did this, right? I think he went eight zero in the last eight games of the mm-hmm. season. I think he was seven and one against the spread in those games. He's starting to have that sort of pick up that mojo. The offensive line is starting to gel. There's some concerns about the uh, wide receivers that are banged up. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are now banged up, even though Chase is back. That being said, like Brady can't complete a pass. Um, I think this line should actually be a little skewed more toward yeah. the bank. I, I was thinking this I would be like it. five and a half, but I guess yeah. it's just the fact that it's Brady that they're still giving them those points. But the Bucks just they're so bad. They're awful. Yeah. Um, I mean, are and they yeah, just... the, the Bengals are on a heater. So yeah, don't overthink it. I'm I don't know if if odds makers are just looking for suckers who say Tom Brady, I'm going to put money on Tom Brady getting points, but man, he's oof, it's bad. All right. Titans chargers. Chargers are minus three at home. Still don't know what to make of the Titans. Still don't know what to make of the chargers. Yeah. We joke I've every gone, week, but I've, just... I've gone back and forth on, on, on the line for both of those on why I want to take both. Uh, at this point I'm leaning chargers, uh, 
they can't stop the run. However, Titans haven't been able to run the ball for recent. Like that's their bread and butter, but they haven't been able to do it too well. So I lean Chargers. You know, Chargers are starting to figure it out, I think. Uh, but I'm gonna stay away from this one. All right. Sunday night football, NFC East, Giants at Commanders. Commanders are minus four and a half at home, and I am locking up the Commanders. The Giants are, are just spiraling right now. They they really are. They're they're just absolutely spiraling. This is a huge game for both teams. I think the Commanders uh, pull it out, and I think I think they win pretty convincingly. Yeah, Daniel really, Jones. I, at this point, I just think they're the better team. Daniel Jones on the road is ten and one when he's an underdog of seven or less, and uh. The Commanders, on the other hand, this is a weird scheduled game. So the Commanders and Giants played two weeks ago, and then the Commanders had a bye week, and now they're playing the Giants again. So they get three weeks to prepare for one team. Now they tied when they played two weeks ago. So I think that four and a half, as I was looking at, I think that's actually reflected in the line that they had this amount of time, because Mm. I would have expected this to be probably like two and a half. So um, at this point, I think I'm staying away. All right, that is my final lock. And then we have our Monday night football game, which is the Rams at the Packers. The Packers are minus seven at Lambeau. And just an awful Monday night game. Yeah. Why? Although, can Brock Purdy take down a... Uh, no, I'm sorry, not Brock Purdy. Um, uh, who's quarterbacking the Rams? Uh, uh, Baker. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Baker. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm getting my Brock's and my Baker's confused. Can Baker take down uh, two opponents in a row in a new uniform? We'll see. But I don't uh, think so. So why are the Packers favored by seven? Like, I, no, I guess Baker Mayfield's a quarterback of the other team. I, yeah, I, I really sure. don't know. Um, I, 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 I saw that and just laughed at that game. Like, it just seems like a like typically good teams are seven point favorites, right? I don't think the Packers are a good team, and I, I mean, the Rams suck, but yeah. no, um, I, just have, I have no interest. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away from that one. All right. So, did you give us your fifth lock yet? I did not. I only gave four. So why don't you recap your fifth, and I'll uh, I'll pick out my fifth. All right. On Saturday, I'm taking the Ravens plus three at the Browns and the Bills minus seven at home versus the Dolphins. On Sunday, I am taking the Bears plus nine at home versus the Eagles, as well as the Bengals minus three and a half at Tampa Bay. And then Sunday night football, I'm taking the Commanders minus four and a half at home versus the New York football Giants. All right. And my five are the Ravens plus three versus the Browns. And the Cowboys uh, versus the Jaguars of the Jaguars plus four and a half. So we're both, uh, you were, were you on the Cowboys there? No. No. Okay. Um, so I have the Jaguars plus four and a half uh, versus the Cowboys. Oh, the Bengals minus three and a half versus the Bucks. That's the second one that we're both on. I'm also on the Jets uh, minus one and a half was the latest line. And for my fifth and final lock this week, I'm going to go with, let's go with the Raiders. I'm going to toss them in. Raiders, All right. minus one at home against the Patriots. You know it's going to come back to bite you, but you do it anyway, much like me in the OC, which I'm about to go watch. Place your bets. For Joe Simonera, I'm Shane Curran. That's all for today's show. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Remember, rate, review, subscribe. And always, bet on yourself. Philly and the Over is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe?